Um, I have the privilege to, of speaking this morning, and before I do, I just wanted again just to open up some prayer. Thank you so much, Sonoma. You're the best. Awesome. This is my prop for today, so just leave that right there. Um, we are starting a new series, Knowing God by Name. So, Father, we just come before you right now, Lord, and, and we just ask for you to speak to our hearts. God, I pray, Lord God, that as we uh, study your word, Lord, and, and really look uh, at what you've written for us, God, that it would resonate in our hearts. God, I pray that your word would become life to us, God. And, and today, Lord God, we would get to know you in even a greater way. And that knowing you, Lord God, w- would turn into us leading our lives in a way that glorifies you even more. So we just thank you for this time this morning. And we ask you to move in our hearts in your holy, precious name. Amen. Amen. Sweet. Well, knowing God by name. Okay, this is a very timely thing for me because in two months, I'm about to have another addition to my family. All right. Now, yes, I have two amazing girls. All right. And if you've ever met them, they're crazy. And I'll talk a little bit about them a little bit more in a couple minutes. But they're amazing. So I actually have three girls in my life, you know, because I'm married, two little ones. So I'm outnumbered. But there's a boy on the way. All right. Yes. And I'm really excited. Right, I'm excited. Now, all right, I, I can't get ahead of myself, all right? So knowing God by name, right? I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Is this clicker going to work for me? Oh, no. All right, well, if we go to the next slide, but this is going to be annoying. So if there's any way we could fix this. Uh, oh, maybe it's working. There we go, yes. But okay. All right, so slide number one. Here we go. All right, so when we talk about God and knowing God by name, let's start right from the beginning. So when you talk to anybody about God, first thing, some people believe in God and some people don't. So statistics, about 64% of people in America would believe that there's a higher power. 21% would say maybe, probably God exists, right? And that leaves the rest. (laughs) Um, But here's the deal. It is, we were created to know our God. We were created to be in relationship with our God. Now, a lot of people might believe in a God, a nameless being, the force, as you will, if you've watched Star Wars, all right, um, Mother Nature, and there's so many different variations of God. Just because you have a conversation and someone says, oh, I believe in God, doesn't necessarily mean that the same God you're talking about is the same God that they're thinking about, right? So there's a difference. So we want to clarify that. And I want to bring it down uh, to something very important, that God reveals the essence of his character and nature through his word. His names, uh, through his names, there are meaning, and, a, and, a, and those, me, uh, sorry, those names uh, have meaning to us, all right? So what I want to tell you too is that God alone defines himself, and he does it through his word. Anytime we defi- try to define God or make God into something that doesn't line up with his word, it's not the God of the Bible, And that's a scary thing for me. To me, God is God. And if we try to put him into a box or do different things to him, we're really messing. We're creating our own God, right? All right. So uh, these are some cool quotes uh, as I was reading. So A.W. Tozer, he says, In the knowledge of the holy, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. It's a pretty profound statement, right? The most important thing about us is how we think of God because it really translates into every area of our lives, especially when we're Christians. Not only that, but Calvin says, we never know who we are until we first know who God is. He is the finding point. He is the foundation and the principal being. 
an objective. Our objective in this series is simple. It's to get, it's to um, better understand the God we serve and to walk in that revelation. And each name really defines and helps give a better picture of the awesome God that we serve. All right, now, as many of you guys know, names have meaning. Now, not so much in our culture today, you know, um, which is cool. I get to come to church here and there's a bunch of Kevins, right? A bunch of Kevins, uh, which is awesome. Um, but if you were to go back to the day and age of the Hebrews and were around in that culture, their names really had a big significance, all right? A lot of times their names could even be prophetic. Their names uh, had meaning that would define their life. And there's even times where God changed people's names uh, when, when something awesome or, or God wanted to do something crazy in their life. So one of the big things now that I'm thinking about, there's a boy on the way, all right? So I got some big decisions to make. What am I gonna name my son? Now, uh, our two daughters, Winter Phoenix and Nadia Storm, that was a big deal when I was thinking about their names, right? And this is just went through my head. This is the head mind of Kevin, right? If you can just play along with me real quick. When I want to come up with a name, all right, I wanted a really cool name, no pun intended, all right? I want a name, when you walked in, all right, and you heard my daughter's name, you're like, whoa, that sounds like a superhero, right? Winter Phoenix, all right? I just wanted that. So I wanted people like, man, this kid's awesome right off the bat because she has a cool name. I just wanted to give her a head start, you know? And so my wife really liked the name Nadia. And I was like, well, okay, let's, uh, you know, liven that up a little bit. Nadia Storm, that kind of goes along with Winter Phoenix. And now we've got two superheroes, just kidding. All right, now, it's really interesting because both girls are really different. You ever meet them? Uh, Winter's like a cross between Shirley Temple and Tarzan, all right? <laughs> she's super sweet, like, you know, has an awesome outgoing personality, star of the show like a lot of girls are, but will climb anything. All right, including me multiple times. You try to do anything, I'm like her jungle gym. And then little Nadia, super sweet. If you've ever seen, uh, you know, what is that, Frozen? Yeah, Anna and Elsa. All right, yeah, she's definitely like Anna. Just cute little, you know, little girl. First thing, wakes up in the morning, daddy dress. All right, she wants to wear a dress, always, princess, okay? Um, but names are significant. Now, one of the names, you, people aren't always get like great names right off the bat. There's a guy... In the Bible, and if you guys ever read that book, Prayer Jabez, it's a whole book on him, right? It's not a big book. It's a great read, though, all right? This guy, his name meant pain. And why did he get that name? Because when he was born, his mother went through awful time giving birth to him. So he got the name pain. And that was terrible. He probably felt awful and bad that he brought pain to people. And that's exactly what his name meant. So he prayed an amazing prayer, you know, hey, God, don't let my life, don't, don't let me bring pain to people, all right? And instead, God blessed him. If you want to read in First Chronicles, you can read all about that, all right? Now, another reason why we study the names of God is because we're here and we were created to glorify him, all right? So Psalms 34, we're going to uh, read that in our close. And that psalm is absolutely amazing. If you want to do some reading uh, this week, I implore you to go back uh, and read Psalm 34. But we are created to magnify and exalt the name of the Lord. All right? Now, here we go into the nitty-gritty teaching. All right? Now, I don't know. Have you guys ever just wondered, right? This may be a thought in your head. You've heard the name Jehovah, right? How many of you guys have heard Jehovah? How many of you guys have heard Yahweh? Okay? Have you ever wondered, man, what the heck? What's the difference between these two names? I'm going to tell you, all right? They're basically the same thing, and this is what happened, okay? So when uh, they were translating the Bible and they were writing the new 
sorry, not the New King James, the King James Version of the Bible. Okay, the New King James is what I would read. The King James Version of the Bible, they translated the Bible from Latin. When you translate the Bible from Latin, you, they came up with Yahweh, or sorry, Jehovah, so with a J. But when you go back and you translate the Bible from Hebrew, which modern day scholars do, you would get the name Yahweh. So if you see Jehovah or Yahweh, they're really talking about the same thing. And then if you see that name without consonants, that is the way that the Israelites, sorry, vowels, that would be the way that the Israelites would write it because that's Hebrew, okay? So all really these three names are the exact same. Now, when you open the Bible and you read in Genesis 1-1, right? God created the heavens and the earth. The very first name given by God or written down in, in uh, defining who God is, is Elohim. And Elohim, he is the creator God. He's able, he's all powerful and he can create something out of nothing, right? How did God create the world? What did he do? He spoke the word into his existence. And that right off the bat tells us that the word of God is amazingly powerful. All right. Now we're going to be looking at Yahweh, the I am. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. When we went out and talked about the names of the Lord, and you know, we're like, man, who's going to pick what? Who's going to get what? I was like, I want the I am. I want that name. If you think about it, all right, what better name can you have than the I am? Right? I mean, think about it, right? You go in a place and you're like, I am the I am, all right? There's no greater name that trumps that name. If you're going to give a name to God, all right, that is awesome. That's why I want it. I wanted the best. I think it's the coolest name, right? And all the other names are great. And they all define God, all right? We're going to talk, you guys, other people will talk about that, but we get to focus on this one today, all right? So when you keep reading in the Bible, you know, the Elohim, he's there. He's there for the first chapter of Genesis chapter one, but you keep reading it all of a sudden, it changes. When God creates Adam and Eve, it changes from Elohim to Yahweh Elohim. And they add that in there because it's further explaining who God is. And it really defines that God is the one who initiates relationship. See, in this moment, in Genesis chapter 2, it's focusing on God's relationship with Adam. That God is creating him, but he's creating him to have that personal, intimate, creator human being relationship. And that's why they add in Yahweh, right? The other name, the big three would be Adonai, that God is Lord, right? The other thing that I need to mention to you, if you're reading in your English translation, if you see Lord in all caps, most likely refers to Yahweh. So if you were to go back in the Hebrew, all right, or Jehovah in the Latin, um, from, translated from Latin, that's what, uh, that's what you would see there. These are the three names that are mentioned most in the Bible, and that's why I have those up there, all right? Now, Yahweh, we talked about um, in Hebrew, it's without consonant, so without vowels. Um, and if you were to be back, you know, in the days of Moses, the days of, of the ancient Hebrew culture, there was such a reverence for that name. In fact, if you guys read the three, uh, sorry, the Ten Commandments, the third commandment is all about what? Thou shalt not... Take the name of the Lord in vain, right? But it was such a thing back then that people wouldn't even write out the name. People wouldn't even want to say it. They would just skip over it because there was such, say, oh my gosh, I cannot do anything. They just had such an amazing reverence for the awesomeness of God. And another thing that I want to point out, and I, you preach a whole sermon on this, but when you talk about Yahweh, when you talk about that name, it really sounds more like somebody taking a breath if you were to pronounce it correctly. 
So there's a people who have given sermons about the name of Yahweh and about, man, how incredible it is. And every time someone breathes, it's like they're really saying the name of God. In fact, they say the first time or the first thing a baby does when it comes into this world, it does what? It takes a breath. And the first thing it says is the name of God, which is really amazing and and a powerful thing. So I thought I'd throw that in there for you. All right. But the first time where we see the name of God Uh, Yahweh alone, is actually in Exodus chapter 3, right? And we're going to look at this story for a moment here. How many of you guys are all familiar with Moses, all right, in that story, in the burning bush, all right? Now here's Moses, right? You know, he was the king of Egypt, or sorry, he was a prince of Egypt, if you watch the movie, okay? Uh, And he lived in Egypt for about 40 years. You know, somewhere along the lines, he discovers that he's a uh, Hebrew, he falls sympathetic to his people, you know, and he tries to rescue them on his own. But what does he do? He goes and does what? He kills some guy. He kills somebody. Now that gives just hope to all of us, right? We can still be murderers and God can still use it in a powerful way. Amen? Okay, cool. All right, so no one hopefully in this room is excluded from uh, being used by God. So that's Moses. So for 40 more years, what happens to him? He's out in the Sinai in the desert. He finds this girl, Sephora, uh, you know, and he becomes basically a shepherd or a goat herder out there in the desert. And one day, you guys know the story. He's walking along. He's up in the mountains. All of a sudden, boom, what happens? Burning bush, okay? All right, I love that. Anytime there's fire in the Bible, it always means something great is going to happen, okay? Burning bush moment. So he's up there. He's in the mountain. And God starts speaking to him. And the phone starts ringing. Just kidding. All right? Uh, He starts speaking to him. Exactly. He's giving him a call. Hey, Moses. So they didn't have cell phones or just use the burning bush, okay? So, um, thank you for that, Maddie. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I know I just embarrassed you, but it worked great, all right? It was about timing. God just does that sometimes. Okay, so he wants to get a hold of him, doesn't have a cell phone, puts a bush on fire, but it doesn't burn up, so it really gets his attention. So Moses is having this conversation with, God's having this conversation with Moses, and he's saying, listen, I remember I remember the covenant that I made with your ancestor, Abraham. He's like, not only that, but I've heard the cry of my people in Egypt, the ones that are enslaved, the ones that are getting whipped and beat and taken advantage of day in and day out. And he says this. He says, and Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel. So here, God's already said, hey, I want to use you as deliverer. You went and tried it in your own strength before, an epic fail. You killed a guy, you know, and you had to run for your life. You've been hiding in these mountains for 40 years, but now I want to use you. And Moses is trying to make all these excuses, all these excuses. Hey, 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 you know, I'm not big enough. I'm not a great speaker. I'm not this. You know, all excuses we use when God asks us to do something. How many of you guys have ever used excuses, all right, to try to get out of something you don't want to do? All right, right here, this guy, all right? All right, so that happens. But here um, he's saying to Moses, he says, I have come, I have come unto the children of Israel, and I want you to say unto them, the Lord your God, the Father, hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, what is thy name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Now, I used here the the King James Version because I love, if you read another version, it might say I am who I am, but I am that I am. And again, 
bam, God is just showing his greatness. God is showing Moses his awesomeness. Now, what, if you guys know the rest of the story, right? Moses does eventually, he goes to Pharaoh and there's the whole 10 plagues thing. Now, what's interesting about those 10 plagues? Each one of those 10 plagues, if you were to study it and what it represented, Egypt had many gods. And every one of those 10 plagues really came against and showed the power of God over the God, the gods of Egypt, right? And the fact that God is supreme and really those gods that they're worshiping, if you really study the Bible and know the Bible, they're really demonic powers and demonic forces that all have their head in Satan, all right? Now, the other thing that God shows this, if we're going to read this story, is again, God is a God of covenant. So when you talk about Yahweh or Jehovah, he is a God of covenant. He is a personal God, but he remembers. And it shows here that our God he sees, right? He saw the people that were oppressed. He heard their cry. Our God hears us when we, when we speak to him, when we pray, all right? And God is aware of their suffering. God knows he can speak, he can relate. But not only this, our God was and is our deliverer. And that's so huge that we can trust in God, that we can put our faith in God through any situation that we face. Now, I can only imagine, you know, being there with Moses when he got up to the Red Sea moment, you know, when you see this army marching down at him and how crazy that would be, you know, but he put his faith and trusted God. You know, the sea parts, the biggest army in the world ends up getting destroyed. So Moses really knew and understand the greatness of God. Not only that, but the power of God, the, the I am, he's the one that led them through the wilderness and showed them where to go. Right now, two other people that really got this and who great, who great, or how great the I am was, was Caleb and Joshua. Now, they were spies, right? Sent out to land. How many of you guys know that story? Right? Now, I just want to think about this for a moment, right? For you guys who don't know, I didn't see everyone's hand go up, right? You guys falling asleep, right? I'll wake you up. Right? Here we go. All right. So, Caleb and Joshua, they were sent out as spies in the land of Egypt. All right. Now, God said, hey, he made that covenant with Abraham. 400 years before that. And he said, this land I'm going to give to you and your ancestors. And you're going to explode. You're going to multiply. You're going to be like the grains of the sand and the stars of the heavens. But in that land, when they went and explored it, it was awesome. They brought up like grapes that were like, I don't know, size of golf. No, not even golf balls, like softballs, all right? They had to like take a stick, all right? And, and two guys carried it. It was awesome. Land flowing of milk and honey. But there was a catch. Who was in that land? giants in that land, all right? Huge people. They said they were like grasshoppers, okay? I don't know, okay, when I was a kid, I'm just gonna be honest with you. This is like a story. When I was my freshman year in high school, I made the JV lacrosse team at like a very big school. Like, you know, they would say division one, 5A, whatever state you're in, okay? Now, we play, playing lacrosse, okay? One of the drills we had to do was the man ball drill, right? The ball's on the ground. You got to go hit the man, all right? And the next person gets the ball. Well, I was probably, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't even know how much I weighed. Probably like 80 something. I was just a stick, bro. I would not weigh a lot, okay? And all of a sudden, he, the coach is being intense and he's like, man, you got to go up against, you got to hit, you got to, you know, do whatever. Okay, so I am like this little stick boy, you know, not, not even a hundred pounds soaking wet, all right? But I'm fast. I'm probably one of the fastest guys on the team, all right? So they, I go up against, you know, a junior, but this guy is like a giant, okay? All right, now I'm not even going to compare him to what 
Cam Josh, but here I go, right? I'm going to give it all I got, okay? Basically a speed bump for this guy, okay? But the coach was happy. I gave it everything I was. I slowed him down enough, all right, where the guy behind me got the ball. It was all good, and coach loved it, okay? So it was awesome. But there's times in life, right, and these guys faced giants, Joshua and Caleb. Now, here's the deal. These two guys, they went back, and they're like, you know what? These guys are huge, but who cares, They understood how great their God was. And God was on their side no matter what happened. They saw the ten plagues. They saw the sea part and they got it. They got that their God was the I am and he was going to follow through with his promise no matter what. So they went back like, man, we can take these guys. But what happened with the rest of Israel? What happened with the ten spies? What did they say? Yeah, they were scared. They're like, no way, we're not going in there. We're not fighting them. They didn't get it. They didn't realize that no matter whatever they face, if God says something, if God gives you a promise, there's nothing that can stand in, that, in your way. You serve the I am. All right? So kudos to Caleb and Joshua. Another amazing thing. How many of you guys are getting older? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Me too. Okay? We just went and did like lasered, outdoor laser tag for four hours yesterday. All right? I'm feeling it right now. Okay? All right. But listen, Caleb, there's hope for us. All right? He had to wait 40 extra years to go in the promised land. You know what God did for that guy? He said when he was older, man, he was even stronger than he was when he was going to go in the first time. And he killed the giants when he was 80. All right? You just, just remember that as we get older. All right? It's awesome. I pray that prayer all the time. All right? Cool. All right. Now, another guy that got the message. All right? David, oh, sorry, I put up, I switched that slide. I don't know. It's gonna, sorry, I tried to switch it. There's a couple, yeah, sorry. Got the picture, not the picture. All right, sorry, I did try. I don't know why I didn't register, okay? So I know how to spell the, okay? All right, so, all right, he, David got the picture, okay? So another guy, right? He even as a young kid, this is what, this is awesome. Kids can get the picture. He's out there, he's a shepherd, he's a little boy, right? It doesn't matter. Bears, lions, they go and attack them. This guy's not afraid. No fear. He goes and takes them on himself. Why? Because he knows the I am. He knows the God that he serves. When all of Israel, again, another giant comes out and they face him and they're all scared, right? And all, you know, shaking in their boots. They don't want to go out and fight this guy. They see him like eating guys for breakfast, okay? But not David. David, as a shepherd boy, is like, I'm going to take this guy on. And if you know the story too, he doesn't just grab one stone, he grabs five because David, sorry, Goliath had some brothers, all right? And he was going to be ready, okay? Now, I want to ask you this. How big is your God? Because I'm going to tell you this. No matter how big I really think God is, he's bigger. He's crazier, all right? If you were to read, um, and, and I want to look at this actually. So if we can turn real quick to Isaiah 40. All right, I'm just going to read a few verses here. You can also read just about the greatness and the amazingness of God. But there's a couple of times in Scripture where God really calls people out when he says, hey, you're a human, I'm a God. He really starts defining himself and, and throwing it out there. All right, so in Isaiah 40, chapter 12, it, the, the, the headline is, the Lord has no equal. And it starts off in, in Isaiah 40, verse 12. It says, Who has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his finger? Who else knows the weight of the earth? Or has weighed the mountains and the hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Does someone have to teach him what is right? 
or show him the path of justice? I mean, just think about it. God knows so much. It says he knows how many hairs on our head. And some of us are blessed. We have more hair than others. All right. But and he, he knows. He knows. He knows exactly how much the earth weighs. He's the one that stretched out the whole heavens. It says in Job, I forget, I think it's eight, nine or something, but he stretched out the heavens. We'll get into a minute, but he knows the stars even by name. He knows everything. All right? Now, so many times we put God in the box. I'm gonna say the only thing that should define that box is really the word of God. Nothing else should define it. But no matter how big we think God is, when we get up there in heaven, I think our minds are gonna be blown. And the more we study and the more we get to know him, the more he becomes real. When we face those giants and those situations, those storms in our life, they become smaller and smaller and smaller because our focus needs to be on how great our God is and how he, if we're walking in his will and we're following him, we're doing what he wants, that he's got us, right? So my encouragement to you is, and why I have that box is here, is my prayer is that your box, if you put God in, would be destroyed. And I know that there's certain, you know, Christians out there who says, man, God doesn't heal. God doesn't do this. God doesn't do that. But to me, that doesn't even make sense. You look at the Bible. God's always doing miracles. God's always speaking. God's always doing something. From Genesis all the way through when he came, the apostles, why would he stop now? Do I not need a miracle sometimes in my life? I'm sorry, but... I can't put God in a box. And if you start doing that, you can think you can use scripture to define God and say he doesn't do certain things, these amazing things now. But why? Why would he stop? There's no need for that. All right? Now, just a a couple other just fun facts, right? So the biggest star that we know about in the universe, and it's weird, there's different ways to measure stars. So you might Google something like different, right? And I don't even know I'm going to spell that thing or even pronounce that thing, all right? But I'm just going to say, the biggest star that they found out there, right? You can read it for yourself, all right? It's 1,700 times greater than the size of the sun, all right? So when you would have put it in our solar system, you're talking about it's going to go all the way out to Jupiter or something, all right? It is crazy, all right? You think about how big God is, you think, all right, yeah, I got a big house. I got, you know, the earth's big, the sun's big. All right, this thing's 700 times the size of the sun. And God's like obviously way bigger than that, okay? So that's just crazy. And think about even how many stars are out there and God knows them by name. Wow, you know, all right? So not only that, but, but God also was talking to me about this. And I want you to think about just how amazing God is and how complex God created us to be. So if you were, and just say for one second of your life, take one second of your life, right? And think about everything that happens to keep your body, to make it function, move, you know, the, all the stuff that goes on with the neurons, the, your brain moving a muscle, my finger, all right? All the tendons, the blood vessels, the chemical reactions, your heart, the organs. I can go on forever, your hair, your skin. All right, talk, talk, just take one second of your life and you were to just study that and try to figure out you. How long would that take? Dude, I, I thought about it. God's like, you know what? People think they're so smart. You can't even figure out one second. It might be taking your whole lifetime. Just figure that out. And maybe you wouldn't. If you go into the DNA and all that stuff, right? We're so complex. You can get to the, you know, the cellular level of stuff. And man, oh, it just gets even crazier, right? So God created all of that. Some people are like, man, there is no God. Are you kidding me? All right, are you kidding me? You, you can't spend a whole lifetime just figuring out you for one second. All right? So God created us amazing. He created us in our image, all right? And our Lord God, there really is no other. All right? He's a jealous God and, and he, he wants us. 
All right? If you want to read, there's another thing you can read is Isaiah 45. Um, five. It talks about Cyrus, about how he calls them by name, you know, hundreds of years or 150 years in advance when he's even bored. Man, God knows the future. That's why I want to be on the same page with him because he knows what's coming. Right? And another thing, <coughs> when we talk about the I am. You know that Jesus, he said, hey, before Abraham was, I am. He's defining, Jesus was defining himself as the I am in John 8, 58. And I just want to remind everyone who our God is. When we go into the New Testament and the same Jesus that lives on the inside of us, he was the same God who walked on water. He was the God that healed the eyes of the blind, that calmed the storms, that rose people from the dead, that fed the 5,000, that healed the sick and overcame death in the grave. The same God that gave his life for our, our salvation. And he says, hey, seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and all these things will be added unto you. He's the God of promises that never, never, never does not come through when he speaks. But I want to just bring it down to this. God of the I am and Elohim, you know, the creator, a lot of people, most people I would even go say don't have a relationship with God. That was the whole purpose and reason why we were created. Now God doesn't say, hey, when you pray, pray Hey, I am, what's up? No, he doesn't say that, okay? He says, when we pray, we should pray, Abba, Father, right? That same God who's so amazing, who's so big, who's so great, he wants that personal relationship with you. <clears throat> and I know my, my daughters, right? I love my relationship with them. I love that closeness with them. I'm their protector right now here on earth. Me and God too, right? And my wife, right? We're a protector. If anybody will ever do anything about God, who's going to come? Who's going to, who's got a shotgun? All right, just kidding. All right, uh, all right. <laughs> all right, so, but that closest and that same care and love that I give my girls is the same care and love that God has for us. So if you have a need, if you have a problem in life, come to me, abide in me, ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. But he wants that closest, he wants that. So when I identify, when we pray to God, that's the same type of thought process that we need to go through, right? God the Father. And I get it that some people out there, you've had crappy dads, okay? So you, when, you're, when like a, a father figure pops up, it's not good. But when you get to know God, you get to know who he is, you get to know his personality, you see that our God is amazing. And that's the relationship that he wants with all of us. And I'm closing with this. Do you know him? God desires a relationship with every single one of us. And, and the thing is, I believe that even if we do have a relationship with God, it can always get better, right? It can always get better. We can always improve. So if you don't have a relationship <clears throat> with God this morning, I want to ask, hey, why not today? Today's a great day. The I am, the creator of us all, he desires a relationship with you. Not only that, <clears throat> but we all face giants. We all face storms in our life. And when you're thinking about those storms, you're thinking about those giants, are you putting things into perspective? How big is your God? How great is your God? How many miracles has your God done? And I'm going to tell you this. If you go and you follow and you walk with God day in and day out, and if you put the time in to seek him and serve him, you're going to see miracles in your life. I'm sorry. You're going to see it. 
And the closer you get with him, the closer you walk with him, you're going to see more and more of them. But a lot of times that onus is on us. We can have as much of God as we want, but it takes something. It takes time. It takes diligence. It takes reading his word. It takes you praying, you seeking him. And uh, if you could put on that song, all right. And and I just want to close uh, going back to Psalm 34. We, uh, we opened with one of the verses in Psalm 34 where it said, Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name forever. But I just want to read a few verses here because it just reminds us of a few things. It says in verse 4, and again, we're in Psalm 34. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will radiate with, radiate with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their face. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my trouble. For the angel of the Lord is guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joy of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even the strong young lions sometimes get hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will will lack no good thing. Our God is good. Our God wants that relationship with you. And what I want to encourage you today is if you're facing, again, that storm, you're facing that giant, we're going to listen to this song for a little bit. And I want you to have that conversation with God. I want you to lay those struggles, those things at his feet because you were not created to carry those. He wants them. And he wants to show up and do amazing things in his life. And if you're here and you don't know God, I encourage you uh, to come see one of us, me, Ed, Craig, one of the elders, and say, hey, I want that relationship with God. I want to know what it's like to walk with the I am. So if you guys could just take a few minutes, and we're just going to silently worship together. But I want you to pray. And that's, sorry, I got to do this um, real quick. 10 days of prayers coming up. All right. And I'm going to encourage all you guys, please come out. There's a couple of big uh, dates that are happening. Uh, this Friday, we're going to be praying for youth. And I'm telling you, our, this next generation needs prayer. And next Saturday, we will be uh, at the state capitol. Sorry, not on October 1st. We'll be at the state capitol. Um, and we're going to be praying for life. And we've invited the whole state to come and join us. But if I can just implore you guys, please come out and take a few of these dates and pray because prayer is super powerful. We need more of it. It's not this Friday. It's next Friday. That's right. The 30th and the 1st. And there's 10 other days there too or eight other days, right? But let's take a few minutes. If you want to turn up that music a little bit. And my, my uh, encouragement to you is just take a few minutes here and just go before the Lord. Talk to Him. Speak to Him. Share what's on your heart. All right? Let's draw close to the Lord.
So Father, we just come before you today, God, and we just recognize that you are the great I am. God, that you're bigger, you're more powerful than any storm, any giant that we would ever face. God, and I pray that uh, you would help us put things into perspective. God, that we would focus more on you than we would focus on our problems. God, that when we have a problem, we would bring it to you, Lord God. You know, God, and you said you don't need to worry about anything, Lord God, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. So I pray that we would truly do that. I pray that as we read your word, Lord God, you would become more real to us. Your greatness would become more real to us. And I pray that every single person, Lord God, in this place today, God, that they would just experience you in a greater way every single day of their lives. Lord God, help us to draw close to you. Help us to continually better that relationship with you day in and day out, Lord. And God, I just pray that people, everyone here that's seeking you, God, that they will experience your provision, your miracles. They will see your hand working and moving in their lives, Lord God. We thank you for that. In your holy, precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you again, guys. Thank you guys online. And again, don't forget the 10 days of prayer on the 30th. We'll be here praying for the youth. The first will be at the Capitol. And there are a lot of other great uh, days of the 10 days of prayer as well. Thank you guys so much.